Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's ride. Decided before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another week of the Incline. The Dodgers are coming off a two-game sweep of the Seattle Mariners. They're now 20-17 and on the season. We got a great episode for you guys today. We're joined by Dodgers World Series champion relief pitcher Blake Trinan. And we just want to get that going right now because it's a great interview. So I'm going to pass it off to David. All right, guys, thanks for tuning into the incline again. Uh, this is a big one for me. Anyone who knows me or follows me knows how big this is for me to introduce our next guest on the show here today. He's been in the MLB for eight years now. He's been an all-star. He's one of the best relievers in the game. And more importantly, he helped secure a World Series title for the Dodgers. Blake Trinan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Sorry it's taken me so long to, to get into an interview. I, just, I guess I've just had terrible timing and awful at following up oh no don't worry about it we yeah. appreciate you coming on it's okay uh, you're doing better than some dodgers <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and I'll, I'll pass it over to these guys uh my first one is you know with 2020 being a weird year and all a lot of fans haven't really had the opportunity to get to know you very well uh mm-hmm. so my first question is if you could say anything to dodgers fans or tell them something about you that you want them to know uh what would that be that I love uh, Jesus first and foremost. I'm a family man. Love uh, spending times and learning how to be a better dad and a husband. Baseball is kind of the thing that I get to do, but it's not who I am. Uh, mm-hmm. Being with the Dodgers obviously is is a blast. So for Dodgers fans, knowing it's probably the thrill of my career. Awesome. All right. Second question, more baseball related. Um, so Game Five World Series, uh, the ninth inning is yours. You get the call for the ninth. You lock it down to put the team one game away from the championship. Can you describe your emotions during that inning and then after that inning, you, uh, once you got the save? Because we saw the, you know, the emotion from you right after you got the save, which was awesome to see. Uh, but I'm interested to hear, you know, what was the mindset and the emotions going, uh, probably in the biggest game of your life. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, when I first signed with the Dodgers, I'll kind of build up to that, I guess. The you know, Dave and Andrew and Mark and Josh Bard, they all kind of sat me down and said, hey, you know, we envision you being a guy that's going to throw against the heart of the lineup in pivotal times of the game. It could be the fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. It doesn't matter. And um, and I was thinking to myself, man, it's kind of, it's kind of a tough gig to throw, be thrown right into off of an <laughs> injury-plagued season and a one-year deal back into free agency. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, I mean, there's two ways you can look at it. It can either be a blessing or a curse. And I'm thinking, why not make it a blessing? Why not go out and have a good year uh, with that type of uh, a workload? And then, you know, help potentially help set my family up for a while. Mm-hmm. And so the whole year I was 
I think other than like maybe 12 at bats throughout the course of the whole year, maybe four, like maybe something like four at bats uh, were like the heart of the lineup, either one through five. And, um, and I was telling myself like the ninth inning really is no different. Cause I mean, it's just, such, it's a bigger spotlight. Cause I mean, the game's on the line. It's the last few outs to solidify, but I've faced, you know, premier talent with the Padres against the Padres and the, the Giants and the Rockies and the A's and the Astros and every, everybody on the West Coast the whole year going into that game. And then even the Braves, the series before, I just like it's no different than throwing the seventh or eighth. I've thrown the ninth before and, uh, you know, it had been a while. So, but it was still, it was really, uh, I wasn't really nervous. The thing that was kind of weird was like, man, I beat Margot and he still got a hit. Mm-hmm you know, with no outs. And so like people are like, I mean, then you, your head starts scratching a little bit. I'm sure as a fan, you start thinking, you know, you had no outs, only a two run lead and guys on first base and anything can happen at that point. So, um, but to be able to bounce back and gosh, I'm trying to think of who the next guy was that, that I got. Was it, was it Meadows or maybe it was know, Meadows. And then I know you got Adamus, Adamus to end the game. Adamus is at, Adamus yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it was at the end of it. It's just, it's just it's just kind of fun to throw the ninth again and especially in the playoffs, having an opportunity to close out a game in the playoffs, let alone the world series. I mean, that was kind of a cool and special moment. And then too, I mean, it was a tied series at the time, you know, it was two, two, two in the series and um, coming off that, that weird game, you yeah. know, so it was pretty important for us to get that win and Kershaw pitched his tail off and people kind of forget about what D may did also. So um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun game. Jake or Kevin, you want to get in there? We don't like to talk about Game Four of the World Series, so <laughs> we we won't dive into that. We're just we're just even happy. if you did, it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, yeah. it's just it's, it makes the story even better, you know. Like the 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 shame in it all is that nobody really tuned in for baseball, and it was honestly probably one of the. It sucks to be on the losing side of it, but it's one of the more exciting plays in the in the World Series. But you know, nobody gets a nobody gets to really appreciate that because nobody across the country seem to have tuned into the world series like they had in years past and understandably, you know, COVID, but kind of a shame. Yeah. That's true. Kevin, you want to, you want to go with your questions? Sure. So this one's pretty straightforward. What's been special to you? What's been special to you about the Dodgers organization compared to the other places you've pitched in your career? Yeah. I'm not, I don't like stacking up like organization versus organization, but I'll just say like what this organization has done really well. And, it doesn't mean that other organizations haven't done this well. It's just the one thing that the Dodgers do is from the top to the bottom communication is phenomenal. Um, you know, I can run up and have a joking conversation or a life conversation or a heavy baseball conversation with Andrew Friedman at any point. Dave Roberts is, you know, equally as approachable as one other manager I've had in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I feel like, the players, there's no, you know, I just, from certain, certain teams I've been on in the past, sometimes there's a, there's a heaviness in a, in a clubhouse. Like there's a, there's a click, not that, not that your play, teammates don't pull for you, but just like there's a level of comfortability. Like, Hey, I'm not going to go around those players or, you know, you got to kind of mind your own over here. And, and it's not that type of feeling in the Dodgers clubhouse. There's just, I think truly everybody wants to win. They expect to win. They know how to win. And so, um, a winning is awesome, but people make your experience. So signing back with the Dodgers is all about the people. Um, you know, you can go chase dollars anywhere you want, but at the end of the day, if one team is willing to offer you something, there's obviously there's always going to be another team that's willing to offer the same or close to it. So you just got to find the best best fit based on people, in my opinion. And there was no better place in LA at that point. Awesome to hear. This one's a little more about you. Well, it's pitching also, but take us inside the mind of Blake Trinan. How do you mentally prepare for any situation when summoned by Dave Roberts? We see you get thrown into a lot of big situations, most notably in game seven of the NLCS when you're able to induce that double play. You know, um, I think the biggest thing is, is just prepping my heart to, to be a servant. You know, I got, I know it sounds crazy, but um, for me, the, t- the organization's already blessed me, and I, my job is to is to to give them at least what they're expecting to get based on what they pay for me. 
you know, like their investment in me should at least pay dividends. And I think it'd be cool to bless them beyond what they've invested in me. So I just always pray for my ability to shine and that, that, that people get to see God's talent through me. Cause I'm a vessel. God's talent is the one that's out there showing off and I'm just the one that gets to use it. Um, so the prep thing is just like, I always tell myself, like, go do your job, get ahead early, put away early. And then at the end of the day, like, win or lose like I can't control that because my effort is always going to be there Uh, if my effort isn't there then shame on me but if my effort's there I can't control results um the double play which is funny because everybody's like oh Blake you induced a double play like that double play was created by Justin Turner because (laughs) of the way I mean that like I'll I'll like pat myself on the back and say I got to be on the field for something cool like that I got I did you know technically get the ball on the ground but um, it was, it had to have been hit like pretty much right at him, uh, because we were playing infield in and it was, it wasn't hit like super hard, but hard enough to, to be not the easiest ball to react to if it wasn't hit within arm's length. Um, and he made a great pick through home. I mean, that was, that was just incredible. So, um, I've always said that winning in the playoffs is a mixture of talent, luck and health. And we certainly got all of that through the playoffs and that's, why we won so go ahead jake so blake you mentioned that one of the big reasons why you came back to the dodgers was the personnel the clubhouse uh and and all of that and and in 2020 we kind of saw you guys kind of cruise through the season i mean you guys were just the the class of major league baseball class of the national league uh made mm-hmm. it the playoffs pretty easily you faced some adversity in the nlcs down three to one uh, amazing comeback there and then this season started out kind of like with a you know house on fire, thirteen and two. Um, but then you guys recently hit a, a kind of a rough patch, went five and fifteen. Um, and we've heard you know quotes in the media from Dave Roberts and, and some of the players. But I'm just curious what what it's been like inside the clubhouse during a rough patch like this. You guys obviously know that you are a, a better team than what the record shows. Um, so yeah. what, it, what is it like inside the clubhouse? You know, are there, are there guys talking? Is it sort of somber? What's, what's been the mood like? Well, I mean, obviously it sucks losing, you know, um, I don't think there's been any source of panic through any of it, which is new in my, you know, respects and experiences throughout the course of my career. Um, it's not the first time I've been on a rough stretch, but it's definitely the most like laid back version of it. I mean, guys, we know the talent that we have in there we're missing so many key pieces and it's like, yeah, there's injuries all across the league and every team is having to deal with it, but there's a lot of players on our team that are missing that are key players. I mean, you can argue that every part of our team, if you could make your ideal lineup with the personnel we have, everybody healthy, every single person one through nine is such an elite player that when you lose them, it definitely makes things a little difficult. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, maybe we're not performing the way that we were, used to performing. So you have that on top of injuries. We all kind of see like it's the perfect storm for things to be happening the way it is. We're not worried about it. It's the blessing is it's not a 60 game season this year. It's 162 game season this year. And, you know, once we get guys back, we've had a lot of young guys in the bullpen have to really step up and be thrown into the fire in situations that normally they probably wouldn't be thrown into. And it's only going to benefit down the stretch. I mean, look at how many games we've lost that have been extra innings and or close games that's only going to benefit us. We're getting everybody's best blow every time they face us. I mean, who doesn't want to compete against the world series champions. And last year you would have said the same thing about facing the nationals. And the year before you would have said the exact same thing about facing the Red Sox, I think. Right. So it's, 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 it's no different each year. You have a target on your back. If you want to go back to back, you have to embrace the adversity. Like the fact that it sucks right now, is only a benefit. We're getting everybody's best bullet right now. And when we face them in the playoffs or when we face them down the stretch, they're not going to be able to trick us with anything different. They can't say, oh, we pitched this way all year. And oh, by the way, we still have this bag of tricks that we can throw at you. Like I've seen starters literally throw like 60% breaking balls against our lineup and they've done well. But what are you going to do come down the stretch? You're going to try to throw a bunch of heaters and blow up by guys. Cause I, I guarantee you fastballs don't mean squat in the big leagues anymore. If you're just going to pound fastballs. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when you look at how many people throw a hundred now and they've given up, I mean, Frick, I've given up 17 hits in 15 innings. Like albeit some of them are like 
you know, weak contact, but like, dude, people hit fastballs. It's part of the game. So if you're going to try to like give us your best bullet right now, like, cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you don't cool, we don't care because like, if you want to be great, like you have to go out and play like your best every single time. And this team has been seasoned in the playoffs now since I've been in the big leagues, honestly, probably 2016 on is how I remember this team literally vying for a world championship every single year. So they've been on that stage and this isn't like a, this isn't like an egotistical approach from my angle. Like to me, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And I think it's just knowing the talent that we have and knowing what it takes to actually be elite and good and repeat, like it's freaking hard and uh, everybody's gunning for you. You're going to get the best bullets. If you lose, you don't worry about that. You just say, fine, cool. Play again next time. Try to do it again because I'll, I'll take our chances any day of the week. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, the, the, the amount of soft contact that you've induced because I remember, I, I think it was in the Cubs series, but I remember you inducing like pretty much soft contact the entire inning, but balls were just, you know, beating the shift or it was kind of dribbling down the third baseline, or maybe mm-hmm. there was a defensive miscue behind you. And, and, it, it, and I kind of remarked to the, to the guys here that you must've gotten like five or 10 outs in that inning. Um, wh- what is it like to have an inning like that, to, to stay composed on the mound, to, to not let your emotions get the better of you and, and to still get the job done? I mean, are you feeling frustrated when those things happen or is it sort of like, ah, it's out of my control. I just got to get the next batter. It's a little bit of both. I mean, you never want to see somebody get a hit against you, especially when, like, for myself, like I'm looking for weak contact ground balls or weak contact pop flies. So, you know, if I give up a hit the other way, like, okay, cool, it's done, it's over with, I can't control it. How can I get the next out? Or, you know, with that inning, I think you're right, there was two ground balls that went through uh, the shift, which, you know, I don't really get caught up in the shift. Like, some people, it's not like our organization is saying like, oh yeah, we're going to shift Blake and just try to screw him. Like, that's not <laughs> like anybody's goal, you know, like, oh, we're not going to try to shift Kershaw and try to screw him. You know, like they're doing it based on numbers. Like they're taking like educated assumptions on hitters tendencies. So it's, it's supposed to play out in your favor. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you run into weird stretches where it doesn't work for a while. Um, and, but for me, like I can't control it. I don't get paid to worry about the shift. I get paid to worry about the guy in the box. So when that's when that inning happened, I remember thinking to myself, like, you can get caught up in the fact that it's just kind of seems like every outing I've had the leadoff guy or somebody in the first two, like finds a way on. And I've got a high pressure situation that I got to navigate through and try to give my my defense a chance to work to get out of it. Um, But I remember throughout the course of my career, there's so many times when like teammates will pick you up like nobody wants to have the target on the back of their head saying, Oh, I'm the reason that inning got bigger or like frick. Now that guy's going to be pissed at me because I didn't, you know, like execute this pitch and they got a double and scored a run or I didn't do my job because I'm supposed to be getting a hold here. So I look around and I remember like, like Edwin Rios is like an absolute stud in my opinion. I think this season people don't understand like he was battling an injury and baseball sucks sometimes. You know what I mean? Like he had, a weird hop on a ground ball. And I remember looking back to him like, dude, you're going to get another ground ball. Don't worry about it. Like you're like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, you're elite. I have full confidence in you. Like everybody in our defense, I have full confidence. Like I'm not worried whatsoever. I'm going to get another ground ball. So don't worry about what just happened. And I know, and I know like for me, if someone were to say it to me when I was, if I were to say something like, or like mess up a play or something early in my career, like, it would give me the vote of confidence. Like, cool, it's done. It's over with like on to the next one. Um, so then at that point, like it's either my job to try to get the next guy out or give my defense a chance to work. And so I'm trying to strike guys out. And if not, then we contact for double play and it ended up working out in our favor. And um, like it, it, at that point, it doesn't matter. Like you can't dwell on, um, you know, giving up weak contact hits or, you know, a weird hop on the infield that, that, you know, leads to misfortune. So um, our guys are going to make way more plays behind me than I'll ever probably make for them. So like uh, my goal is just to try to stay positive and make sure everybody else stays positive. Sweet. I got one final uh, question from, from me. Cause I, I know you've showed up a, a few times in uh, Trevor Bowers vlogs and 
I just am curious what, what kind of teammate he's been like from all accounts that we've heard, he's been terrific. And he's been kind of like a, a second pitching coach, uh, on the staff. And he's also, you know, shown by example, he's been one of our most elite starting pitchers this year. Um, what has it been like, what has he brought to this clubhouse and have you developed a friendship with him at all? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always important to take time to, to get to know your teammates. I've had a lot of great conversations with Trevor. Um, he's, uh, I think he's he is a one of a kind individual in the game in the in the sense that he approaches the game with such a unique outlook. He has he brings angles to the table that uh, most most pitchers probably don't even go into. In fact, they probably just leave it up to the analytics team uh, to make those decisions, but not for him. And he wants to continue to curve, um, I guess, the edge of technology and efficiency and. Uh, development when it comes to either pitch design or longevity or stamina. I mean, it's just incredible the the mind that he has for the game. Um, and I, I have to give him credit for helping me, him and Connor McGinnis both, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, my new slider that I've been throwing this year. And it's benefited me a lot. Um, he's helped me tinker with a little bit. Um, Mark and Josh Bard, they've really helped me with, um, you know, how to, how to approach hitters with that pitch and, man, like from top to bottom, we've got so many guys now that just have have such a special mind. Um, and so you can find Trevor to it. It's just, I think it's, it's only going to benefit us even more down the stretch. Right on, Blake. All right, I got one final question for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Okay. All right, so this is a bit of a silly one, so bear with me here. But, all right, so we've seen guys like Bellinger, Seeger, Kershaw, you know, they have memes that fans post all the time. Uh, and last year, after you signed with the Dodgers and during the early stage of the season, uh, I noticed that we needed one for you, and I, I decided to take initiative. So as I mentioned to you in the previous weeks, uh, I pounded my fist on the table for the Dodgers to sign you, read the article and all that, and part of the reason why I did so goes with my theme for the meme, which is that you're always waiting and you're always ready. You're kind of lurking in the bullpen, waiting to be called upon. So I took a little field of dreams angle here. I'm sure you've seen the movie where the players, you know, come out of the fields whenever it's time to go. Uh, yeah. it, it has a bit of a small movement at this point. A lot of people love it. Some post it themselves. Getting some traction. Okay. Uh, it's, it's gotten a lot of traction the last year, year and a half. And I always do the same caption every time. Uh, so I'm going to show it to you now. And I need, your, right. I need your honest rating, uh, rating on it on a scale of one to 10. One being you hate it and it's creepy and weird and, and 10 being you love it and you might consider framing it in your house. All right. So here it is. I want your, I want your honest assessment. Okay. And this is the first generation we've, we've moved, we've moved to the second generation of memes now, but I'm just going to show you the original one. Okay. Here it is. Feel the dreams. You're kind of hanging out. But I'm, I've got the hat on. You've got the hat on. I, I, I like where I like where it's at. I, hanging it in my house, probably not. Um, <laughs> I got a I got a shop uh, behind my house where my gym is. Maybe I might put it out there. Um, okay, I'll take it. I'll take I'll, it. Give it an eight. An eight? Couldn't yeah. have asked for anything better. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have to show you the the next generation memes later on. Maybe we'll get you on here uh, another time, and I'll show you the second generation memes. But uh, Blake. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're thrilled to have you in LA and uh, you're, you're a real pleasure to watch out there. Yeah, no worries. I guess I can tell Jimmy to stop hounding me to get on the show then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> tell, uh, give Jimmy our best and tell him, uh, tell him thanks for hounding you for us. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, thanks Blake. Blake. Thanks, Blake. Have Bye. a good one. Support for The Incline is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. April is here, and you know what that means. Baseball is back, baby. So dust off your mitt and cleats this spring and be ready for first pitch. Just like the crew will be mowing their stadium grass, Manscaped products provide the best tools for your own personal grooming experience. That's right, Kevin. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That's a lot of dudes. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, though. 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code INCLINE20. Manscaped even hooked us up with a bunch of tools from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Trust me, as someone who has sensitive skin, the Lawnmower 3.0 with their advanced skin-safe technology provides smooth precision, and it's waterproof to make your shave clean and easy. So guys and ladies who are listening, get 20% off plus free shipping with Incline20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off 
with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code INCLINE20. So strike out your pubes with Manscaped this season. Your balls will thank you. David, I know you've been waiting for this moment for a long time. How are you feeling? That was awesome. I mean, he was super candid, uh, super knowledgeable. Loves give. I love how he gave a lot of credit to his teammates, has faith in his teammates. Uh, and we saw a bit of personality from him. Uh, you know, you don't really see that from him on the field. Uh, but obviously he had a good... Uh, good spirit about the meme and everything. And he was, he was laughing and, you know, it's nice to see the the human side of baseball too. Uh, he was very, you know, honest with his feelings and, and, you know, what drives him. Uh, but all around super enjoyable interview and, and, and what a guy. And it's like, like you said, everyone knows I'm a huge trending guy. You know, I have been for a while and it's just very cool to to sit and chat with him for a little bit. What do you want to add to that, Jake Reiner? I know you asked some very great questions as well, and he gave really in-depth and just responsive answers. That's what I was that's what I was encouraged by the most, just how comprehensive his answers were to each of our questions. And yeah, I'm a I'm a Blake Trinan fan too. I'm not I'm not as diehard as David is, but I respect what he's done for this organization. I respect his workhorse mentality. Um, I really enjoyed his answer uh, to my question about just keeping his head in the game when things don't go his way, when guys are, are beating the shift or he's inducing soft contact and they're just finding a way through or the defense behind him is not you know, locking it down. Just his mentality of just staying focused, not only for those moments, but for any moment that Dave Roberts calls on him. The one answer that stuck with me, though, that I thought was great, and, it, and it's very much uh, what we've been hearing from every player that has been in the Dodgers organization currently or formerly, which is that this is a great organization. And Blake Trinan said himself that even though he knew he was going to get similar offers from other teams at probably the same value that he got from the Dodgers, he wanted to return to the Dodgers because of the personnel, because of the people there, because of the clubhouse, because of Dave Roberts and, and what this team means. And I think that that speaks volumes about this organization. Most definitely. And we're lucky that he chose to resign with us this past off season, because honestly, I wasn't sure where he was going to head. One of the best relievers on the market coming back to the Dodgers for two more seasons. And he's been great thus far and no they've reason needed for it. it. They've needed it, man. I mean, they're, that bullpen is injured. Uh, he's been a, a constant, a stalwart in the late innings. And uh, he's been electric as he has been his entire Dodgers career. Yeah, so I mentioned to start the show, the Dodgers swept the Seattle Mariners. And this was good signs for the team after they'd been reeling over a 20-game stretch where they went 5-15. and 15. They finally won consecutive games for the first time since, Jake. April 17th. Exactly. You've been saying that for a while, so we can cross that off the list. There are a few things that stood out in this series. One of them, I think, you have to go back to the first game. Two out hitting. All six of the runs came with two outs. And let's just talk about the moment right now. None was bigger than when Gavin Lux blasted a three-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning against the Mariners relief pitcher, Rafael Montero. Kevin's yeah. favorite reliever. Yeah, Kevin's arch nemesis. But yeah, <laughs> to go to talk about Lux, I mean, what a big moment for him. Just hits an absolute piss rocket to win the game with complete with the pimp job and everything. Uh, and he needed it. He, he definitely needed it. We've seen him hitting the ball a little bit better. Uh, he's hitting 293 over, over the last 15 days. Uh, but nothing was better than that, that home run for him. That was the moment of his young career, for sure. And you could see the emotion he had, and you could see that, you know, they talked about it after the game, the post game, he, he mentioned how that was just a release of frustration and, and, you know, everything. So, you know, obviously it's only, it's early, uh, but that's, you know, led to another win after that. So hopefully this is where the, uh, the streak starts. And I just would like to add to that. The emotion was great, but honestly, just the fact that the Dodgers came back and won a game. I think that that is what has been missing over the stretch is that they have not been able to come back. And whether that is the offense just doesn't have it that night, or they do get the lead and the bullpen blows it, which is why I think it was so important for 
a, a young guy like Garrett Clevenger, who I, you know, I'll admit to you guys right now um, to everyone that I was questioning why Roberts brought him in, in that situation. And mm-hmm. he was able to come in, get a scoreless inning and got his first career win. And uh, we heard some reports after the game that he got a, uh, a nice little beer shower uh, in, in celebration of his first career win. So that was what I was most encouraged by just the fact that the Dodgers stayed in it. Not only did they get two out RBIs, but they did what we saw them do throughout the entire postseason last year, which was create rallies with two outs. And that's important. That's when, you know, the Dodgers are back, uh, when they're creating those two out rallies, when it seems like the innings dead and all of a sudden they, they come alive. And then the second game, which I know we'll get into a little bit, uh, in a minute, But just the two games back to back, you've got one comeback win and you've got one game where you kind of cruised. And those are the two types of wins and two types of games that Dodgers fans have been clamoring for this entire five and 15 stretch that these are very good signs moving forward. So the Dodgers are hitting a National League best 251 with two outs and they lead all of Major League Baseball right now with 85 runs scored when there's two outs. So it's starting to look like the Dodgers are getting back to being the Dodgers. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because you, you, I hear that stat and you haven't really seen the results of that. Uh, it's like they're getting the hits with two outs, but not driving these guys in, you know? Uh, so I think that's starting to, the tide is starting to turn there. Uh, and obviously Lux, you know, one more thing on Lux. Uh, the Dodger with the most hits in the last 15 days, Gavin Lux. And that's why you got to keep playing him. Uh, even when he's struggling, you got to keep getting him out there. Let him see the ball. Hasn't had a full big league season yet. Uh, and I think we're going to see the results as, we, as we're starting to. You mentioned my nemesis, Rafael Montero. He was the first to make essentially what's my hit list. Back when he hit, did that malicious, debatable inside pitch to Mookie Betts. And now I guess I got to take him <laughs> off the list because Gavin Lux actually annihilated him. Another thing with Gavin Lux, though, the pants. We heard that he was inspired by Walker Bueller and he started wearing tighter pants and it worked for him. Looks like he's going to keep that going. Justin Turner shared something on social media about that. And the Backstreet Boys gave some love. And then I also know Seattle Seahawks receiver DK Metcalf also was loving it. So Gavin Lux getting some love all around the world right now. You mean track star DK Metcalf? Yeah. Hundred um, meter got ninth place. Pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Look, I, I think whatever works, man. I mean, you know, baseball is all about superstitions anyway. So if, if the tight pants work, they work. If beer showers work, they work. If whatever, you know, if they're tapping the top of their helmet or they're doing the new kind of waving the arms kind of, you know, airplane mode, whatever that is, whatever it works, man, bring back the bubble machine for all I care. I just want the Dodgers to be in sync and it looks like they're having a good time doing it. Yeah, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. A little stitious. It's a good office reference for those listening. Also, Appreciate I want to point something out um, that people may have missed if they didn't watch Trevor Bauer's vlog. I am an avid viewer of them because they're really entertaining. But during the Angel series, uh, he had this whole thing ab- about how he was trying to just motivate the guys in the dugout. And he started pulling these pranks on, uh, on Gavin Lux, on Dustin May, um, just sort of like the... Uh, the gum attached to the bottom of the, of the paper cup on top of the hat deal. Um, he pinned like a little tape tail on the end of uh, Gavin Lux. Um, I just thought it was a great little tidbit that, you know, kind of shows he was trying to just get these guys out of this rut that they were in. And it took a couple of days for them to, to really, you know, get going. But the, but the next night after Bauer did that, or, or it was that night that they scored uh, 14 runs against the angels. So who knows, but, you know, it's, it's all good stuff. And, and the team is looking a lot better these days. So reflecting back on the Dodgers most recent game, there were a few stars, but on the pitching side of things, Julio Urias has just been phenomenal for the Dodgers all yeah. season. He's five and one he is a three twenty six ERA over eight starts and over two starts against the Mariners. Now he's just dominated them. So if the Mariners make the world series by some miracle, I'm starting Urias in game one. Game one, huh? Yeah, Julio has been awesome. And I was surprised to see that his ERA was as high as 3.26. But if you take away that Angels game on Friday, May 7th, where he went five innings and gave up five runs, that is what 
contributed to that. Before that start, his ERA was under three, but he spun a gem the other night. I mean, on Wednesday night, he went seven innings, gave up one run, two hits, six strikeouts. I have a really uh, cool fact that uh, Dodgers insider tweeted out, which I was floored by, which is that the Dodgers have seven starting pitchers. Let me try that again. The Dodgers have seven starting pitching performances of seven plus innings with one or no runs allowed this year. Julio Urias has four of those seven, the most in the majors in 2021. So he has four starts where he's gone at least seven innings and given up one or no runs. That's amazing in and of itself, but also amazing when you consider the fact that up until this year or even last year, the Dodgers were limiting his innings, limiting his pitch count. He never even went like past four or five innings when he was starting and they kind of built him up. So the fact that he's going and giving this type of length to this team this year is remarkable, especially given the fact that this bullpen has been taxed. He gave uh, a a terrific outing the day after uh, Dustin May went down with the injury where they had to basically do two bullpen days in a row. He comes out and spins a gem seven innings and, and gives the bullpen a break. So he's been, he's been awesome so far. And we've talked about this before on the, on this podcast, uh, his confidence this year is absurd. Uh, he's walking around like he needs a wheelbarrow to carry his nutsack out there. Uh, he's, he's striking guys out. Uh, you know, he's walking off the mound before the catcher catch the ball. Uh, it's, it's remarkable to see the 2020 playoffs just took this dude's game to a whole nother level and he's brought it into 2021. I think he can throw a no hitter easily this year. I think either him or Bauer will do it. Uh, and right now it looks like Arias is, is right there. Just want to add to that. His secondary pitches, his slurve has been yep. unreal. And also change up. Change up. Mm-hmm. Last night he had six swings and misses on that changeup. It was fooling everybody. Yeah, definitely. And he's up there in the league leaders right now with innings pitched. Who would have ever thought that would be the day based off how much they've babied him in the past. Matt Beatty, another star for the Dodgers currently. Nobody's driven in more runs than Matt Beatty since April 27th. He's up to 18 now. Just ever since they sent him down and then they recalled him April 24th, the guy has been on a tear. And by that, I mean he's slashing 394 with a 512 on base, a 544 slugging, the 18 RBIs, and one home run. We saw him drive in three in the most recent game against the Mariners. He had seven against the Brewers in that massive blowout. Then everyone was pissed that Roberts wasn't starting him in that doubleheader against the Cubs. Yeah. yeah. Then he went 0 for 5 as a consequence, but then Beatty's been able to rejuvenate after that one bad game. How important has he been given just the circumstances with the injuries so far to this team? Yeah, I mean, he's been huge. Uh, like you said, he's, he's second most RBIs in baseball uh, since he's come back. Uh, and that's not even with that's without starting every day. Uh, it's not just the RBIs, though. He's having quality at bats. He's getting on base. He's walking. He's getting hit by a lot, by a lot of pitches. Uh, and he's just he's just putting together good at bats. And, you know, unfortunately, Edwin Rios was it was hurt. Obviously, he's out for the year. And we didn't get those at bats from Edwin Rios this year. And Beatty stepped in and, and basically given the Dodgers production in that, you know, alternate starting role. Uh, and that's going to be important, especially with Bellinger still down, McKinstry still down. Uh, Beatty can play at the outfield, he'll play, he'll play a little bit of first, uh, but they're going to need him this year. Whether it's starting or off the bench, they're going to need Matt Beatty to play some kind of a role. I'm so impressed with Matt Beatty, not just the fact that he's driving in runs, which by the way, he's knocked in a run in each of his last five starts. But the at-bat quality is just there. He's grinding out at-bats. He's working the count. And he's coming through in big spots. And that's something that should not be taken lightly. And yeah, I was one of those fans that was pissed that after knocking in seven runs the day before, he gets literally benched for two games for no good reason whatsoever. Like, that made absolutely no sense. So I'm glad he's back in there. And I think that Dave Roberts, would it, it would behoove him to get as many at-bats for Matt Beatty as possible. If you're going to platoon him with Pollock, that's fine. Or if you're going to have him spell Muncie once in a while, that's fine. But he needs to be in there, whether he's starting or whether he gets an at-bat late. But you got to give him consistent at-bats. And I'm talking about if he's not starting, he's pinch-hitting at some point. 
Very good yeah, use of definitely. behoove, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote an article about just what Matt Beatty's been up to for the Dodgers over at Dodgers Tailgate. So give them a follow. All of us are affiliated with them and they're doing big things and they got a lot of exciting content in the works. David mentioned Edwin Rios is out for the season. One of those just unfortunate situations. We didn't know the extent to how hurt Rios truly was. And then we just kind of got a bomb dropped out of nowhere that he was going to be undergoing season ending surgery for a torn labrum. It looks, it looks like Rios was battling through it. Who knows how much pain that he was going through. Yeah. Seems like Dave Roberts didn't have any clue whatsoever, you know, when they initially put him on the aisle, but it is what it is. So I wanted to ask you guys, what does this mean for the Dodgers for the rest of the season? Do they need to explore trade options or can we find that guy in house? I'll let you go first, Jake. Yeah. I mean, I'd like it to be Sheldon noisy. And I know Kevin is definitely on the, on the noisy uh, train. Yep. I'll, um, I'll drop a stat in a minute. Yeah. I just, I just think that in order for Sheldon noisy to be that guy, he needs to um, figure out what all the other guys are doing because they're, they're taking good pitches and they're, you know, grinding out at bats and he just seems like he's, he's chasing at a lot of bad pitches. So if he, if he straightens that out and starts making contact, I think he could be that guy. I think the, the, the need is not so much on the bench, but it's in the bullpen. And I think that if, you're going to go out and get somebody and add somebody to this team. It's got to be to shore up this bullpen because it has taken far too many injuries. We could have dealt with one or two injuries, but just the amount of injuries to this pitching staff has been uh, really bad. And that's part of the reasons why one part of the reason why the Dodgers have been playing so poorly is that, like I was saying earlier, there would be multiple nights where they get leads and they'd have to turn to Mitch White or Garrett Clevenger, who, who's been struggling. He, he pitched really well last night, but he, he, he's given up some leads. And like you'd have to rely on Mike Kickham and, and Vessia and those guys that just aren't ready for those moments. So if you're going to make get any reinforcements, I would go for the bullpen. Um, otherwise, if you are going to look for some reinforcements offense-wise, just you just got to find a good right-handed bat that can hit left-handed pitching. Yep. I mean, you said it. The Dodgers are in the same position. I feel like they always are. Uh, you know, they need a right-handed bat off the bench. And they could use some bullpen help with all these injuries. Uh, look, Beatty's going to take over the Rios role, no problem. But when you get when you get Bellinger back and when you get McKinstry back, uh, both left-handed, uh, you're still going to need a right-handed bat off the bench. Whether that's Sheldon Noisy or someone else, we don't know yet. Uh, but they're going to need somebody. Uh, and you know, I, I throw out this name every year. Uh, but I still think Todd Frazier's got a little something left in the tank. I know Kevin is very anti-Todd so Frazier. Uh, I know Jake is a little bit in the middle, but a little bit towards me. Why not give him a shot? Uh, but look, I, <laughs> isn't that I, how Friedman, it always is? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I, look, Friedman's. I, I trust Friedman more than I trust myself in this situation. Uh, I think for sure he's going to address the bullpen at some point. Yeah. And uh, you know we still got time. Noisy could noisy could show up. We'll see. If you get DFA'd by the Pirates twice, how are you good? That's that's just that's all I need to know. So yeah, I want to talk about Sheldon Noisy because I don't like the whole narrative out there that he's bad. I think a lot of people are just prematurely judging this guy. He's off to a seven for thirty six start. He does have two home runs, so that's great. Three RBIs, a one ninety four average. The one thing that he does need to work on: zero walks thus far. He's swinging at a lot of pitches out of the zone. You know, there's some obvious balls that he's just not taking it. You know, he might be pressing a little bit. He's on a good team now, so maybe he's trying to show up. Um, but here, here's a stat. This guy started eight for 44. I know Jake knows it because we talked about it on Locker Room last night. But, David, any guesses which Dodgers started eight for 44? That's a 188 batting average with the, to start his Dodgers career. Eight for 44. I'm going to guess Corey Seager. It was not Corey Seager. Seager actually started off hot, but it's Justin Turner. When the Dodgers signed this guy in 2014, he made the opening day roster. Of course, he started March and April going eight for 44 with zero home runs, that 188 batting average. He ended up finishing the season hitting 340. So my point, so my point is basically, 
We have not seen enough at-bats from Noisy yet. I'd like to see him get maybe anywhere from 30 to 40 more at-bats, see what he has left or see what he has to prove because he is a right-handed bat that you guys already mentioned. He has the ability to play second, third, and some outfield, surprisingly. And who knows? He could be a big factor for this Dodgers team. He just needs a little more time. And if we had that – go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your point. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say – you know, Twitter wasn't what it was in 2014, but if it was, I imagine there would have been a lot of fans out there saying, we need to cut this Justin Turner guy. He, he's not anything good. That's a good point. I do want to say that, and I hope it, I hope it wasn't as big of a deal as, as I'm thinking it might be, um, but there was that one game, I can't remember which one, it was early on where uh, Noisy had not only hit a home run in that game, but also had a home run against the pitcher mm. that he yeah, was. Yeah, the Padres. And, it was Pagan and, was the pitcher. Okay, it was Pagan. Okay, and then and then Roberts pinch hit Rios over him. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that didn't really mess him up. It, it shouldn't. I mean, he should be able to rebound from that. But I'm almost I'm almost like, dang, like, you know, if we could have capitalized on that moment, you know, where would Noisy be today? And I'm with Kevin. Like, I, I, I would like to see a little bit more from this guy. I mean, he, he did tear up AAA in 2019. Um, and he, you know, he hit something like 26 bombs or something like that. So he's got pop. Um, but like Kevin said, he, and like I was saying, he's just got to work the count. I mean, there are too many, there are too many balls that he swings that are outside the zone. And then he gets thrown off by that. And then he'll actually take, balls that are right down the middle and strike out looking. Um, I've seen that a couple times from him, but I think it's just about getting him more at bats, getting him in there. Um, he may benefit for, from some time in AAA where he's getting more consistent at bats. You know, coming off the bench is not for everybody and it's really hard to do, especially to stay hot and stay consistent. And when you're a young player like that, you may need some more at bats, more consistency. Yeah, and it's interesting because I've seen him put together a lot of good at-bats. And what he'll do is he'll have a great at-bat for about seven pitches, and then on the eighth pitch, he'll ruin it. Uh, And that's basically just inexperience right there. Uh, You know, he doesn't have the plate discipline like Max Muncy does. He doesn't have all the looks that all these veterans have. Uh, So I agree. I think more time will benefit him for sure. He's putting together 90% of good at-bats. It's just oftentimes he's either swinging at a ball Look, staring at a strike or popping up and you know he's talented so i think like like you both said i think more time will, will benefit this kid getting a little off topic you know i mentioned justin turner batted 340 in 2014 had an on base over 400 how does don mattingly only manage to get him two at bats in the nlds <laughs> how does I that mean, happen it's, it's don mattingly it's it's manager of the year don mattingly i mean <laughs> that that's why yeah, speaking of Don Mattingly, maybe we'll touch on more in a second, but the Marlins are coming to town for three, so hopefully the Dodgers can take care of business against that team. They're average or below average. Uh, but just to cover up some other news and notes, it looks like Tony Gonsolin has resumed throwing. They're starting to build him up to be a starter. They're not going to call him up, though, until he's able to go at least five innings, it looks like. So mm-hmm. there's a rotation spot open for Gonsolin. Definitely need it because we can't rely on these four stars in Bueller, Kershaw, Urias, and Bauer to go the whole season. They'll just flame out at some point. And then on the other side, unfortunate news, looks like the Dodgers are going to shut down their top prospect, Josiah Gray. He's having some shoulder uh, issues right now, so he'll be out for at least 10 days. Hopefully it's not longer than that. You know, we do want to see Gray get called up at some point this season. He looked phenomenal. His, his first outing down there in OKC recorded 10 strikeouts. But another controversial thing that was floating around a few days ago, Trevor Bauer, when speaking to the media, it got taken way out of context, but basically expressed, you know, he's not ha- he wasn't happy with how things were going. He feels like they're a much better team. He came here to win. And one site that's kind of a joke the new york post ran away with that their headline was pissed trevor bauer not happy with dodgers and boy did all those idiot mets fans take it the wrong way like haha we we're glad he's not on our team i don't know why here's my thing it didn't get taken out of context anyone with a brain knew exactly what he was saying 
Uh, and Clayton Kershaw has said similar things. He literally, said it the next day. <laughs> literally the same thing. So I have I take issue when when you say, not you personally, but when people say it got taken out of context. No, it didn't. This is a deliberate act by people who do not like him trying to make it something that it's not. That's what it was. Uh, and look, you don't like him, that's fine. But if you're going to go out, go at him for saying what, a player should say and has said before him and will say after him, all you're doing is showing your bias. That's all you're doing. Uh, and you know, Clayton Kershaw the next day basically said the same thing, backed him up. And look, how do you not want that from a player? That's exactly what you should want a player to say when your team has lost 15 of 20 games. So props to Trevor Bauer props to everyone who can stay, you know, even keel, even if you don't like him and, and, appreciate the comments and not make a big deal out of them because it's really not a big deal. I'm glad he got pissed off. I'm like, I'm, I, I was, you know, overjoyed, which is probably the wrong word, but like, I, I was, I was really impressed by, by his anger. I mean, that's what we wanted to see. Right. I mean, that's what you've been calling for David. When, when Dave Roberts kind of just sits there and his team's yeah. getting brutalized by the umpire like that's kind of what you want to see. You want to see that passion, that anger. You want to see Gavin Lux pound his chest and say, let's F and go. Like you want to see that from your guys when they're, they're not performing well. And for Bauer, we know exactly what he meant. He hates to lose. So do we all. No one likes losing. That's not something that people enjoy. And so, yeah, he hates losing. He wasn't saying he hates when when he doesn't get any run support or he right. hates when his defense screws up or he hates when the bullpen blows games. No, the whole team is not playing well. He even, you know, includes himself in that when he doesn't perform well. And again, I'll, I'll go back to the vlog because I I've been watching him and the latest one that he had where he pulled some pranks in the dugout and he lost that mother's day game two to one to the, yeah. to the angels. I was just thinking that. He got in his, he went from the ballpark to go meet his parents to celebrate Mother's Day. And he sat in the car because he was so angry. He needed to calm himself down before going to lunch to get himself in the right mindset to celebrate Mother's Day. I mean, that's someone that, that gives a shit. And that's what you want. That's what you want from your players. And, and I understand there's going to be, there's going to be people out there like, you know, like Mets fans or any other, any other fan base out there that hates the Dodgers and hates Trevor Bauer, they're going to say what they want. But what pisses me off the most is the Dodgers fans that are eating their own and they're going out there and just like destroying this guy for no goddamn reason. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And he pitched a complete game gem against the Brewers and he lost. He, he took responsibility and said he could have pitched better. So I don't know what more you want from a teammate like that. And, yeah, and he even said in his comments, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm speaking for myself. And, you know, he, he could have spoken for everybody else because they're all thinking the same damn thing. That is true. So, yeah, I mentioned the Marlins are coming to town. That's the next series. If you have an opportunity to attend those games, I always encourage anyone to boo Don Mattingly because he deserves <laughs> it. Worst manager in Dodgers history. We got a good matchup, Clayton Kershaw against Sandy Alcantara. So that's that will be a good one. Yeah. And then they got Bauer and Bueller going. So we're giving them our best. But, I mean, they're all our best at this point. But after that, I'm excited. We got four games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. This will be the first time we're facing them this season. They're, they're an okay team. You know, they're a little scrappy. They can put some runs up on the board. We won't be seeing Zach Gallen, who is without a doubt their ace. He's injured. Christian Walker, who tends to hit home runs against the Dodgers, he's also injured. I, I wonder if we'll about- see Bumgarner. We're definitely probably going to see Madison Bumgarner, and he was the guy I was about to talk about. After everyone thought this guy was washed and done, he's maybe been the best starter in Major League Baseball over this past five-game stretch. And by that, I mean he has an 090 ERA, a, a best 047 whip. He also had that seven-inning no-hitter. I don't know if we call that a no-hitter or not. You guys can debate that. But no, I guess Madison Bumgarner is good again. Yeah, we'll see. You start paying attention to a no-hitter in the seventh. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's he pitched a great game, but, I, you know, blame it on Rob Manfred. That's it. <laughs> That's usually a good uh, good avenue. Good, uh, But it's, it's nice the Dodgers uh, avoid uh, Rodgers, uh, Trevor Rodgers on the Marlins. Uh, yeah. Super good starter, left-handed, first-round pick. So they're, they're going to miss him this series, which is a great thing for the Dodgers. 
That's true. Well, that's all I got. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw out there real quick? Yeah. Do you think Don Mattingly's worse than Grady Little or Jim Tracy? I'm yeah. going to say yes, because I think Don Mattingly had more to work with, with the exception of maybe one of Grady Little's teams. Uh, but in terms of just overall vibe, atmosphere, decisions, yes, I'm going to go Don Mattingly is worse. Uh, Jim Tracy was just kind of going through the motions. I feel like he wasn't even there half the time. Uh, <laughs> Grady Little, you know, obviously he made a couple brutal mistakes, but I think he was he was pretty decent overall. Yeah, I mean, with the Dodgers, Grady Little was there two years. Jim Tracy had like a new team every year, so I don't know how you can really fault him. Yeah. Deep Podesta was constantly shuffling guys. But Don Magley was terrible. I already mentioned the Justin Turner thing. There was a game explicitly 2015 against the Mets game one. He took out Kershaw. Bases were juiced for David Wright. He went to Pedro Baez, who yep. we all know just cannot get the job done. After the game, he was asked why he went to Pedro Baez and not Chris Hatcher, who I know everyone thinks he sucks, but not then. He was their best reliever besides Jansen. And Don Magley said, I didn't want to use Hatcher to get one out, not realizing that there's a double switch in the National League where you can, you know, flip the order around so that was just idiotic right there and then just tons of other stuff but i don't want to get into that yeah he was an asshole <laughs> i i honestly just to just to kind of say my final thoughts i guess if we're if we're doing that um i think that what we saw in those last two games against the mariners is exactly what we've expected from this team from the jump and those two games are a microcosm of what the Dodgers are capable of. And it just goes to show you that because people like to like to point out, you know, oh, they, you know, when they started out 13 and two, oh, they played the Rockies and the, and the A's weren't good then. And the, and the nationals weren't, aren't great, aren't a great team. And you know, that's why they were, no, that, that is not why they performed well because they faced pretty terrible teams over this stretch like the Cubs, like the Angels, like the Mariners, and they still lost. And, and they lost to the Padres too, which is a good team. So it didn't really matter who they were facing. They were having a tough time because they were underperforming. They beat themselves more than these other teams beat them in these games. And that's just, you know, this team is so much better than that. So I expect big things. I would like to see the Dodgers kind of run roughshod over the Marlins and, and D-backs to get them ready for the Giants and Astros. Yeah, my final thought is piggybacks off of what Blake Trinan was saying. Uh, you know, these teams have thrown everything they got at the Dodgers. And they, the Dodgers lost a lot of one-run one games. They lost a few, several games in extra innings. And that's, you know, the tide's going to turn. The tide is going to turn in those games, in one-run games, in extra inning games. That's not gonna, they're not going to lose every one-run game, every extra inning game. And, you know, building off of that, I think the San Diego Padres – not capitalizing on the Dodgers skid of 15 out of 20 games is going to be the reason they don't win the division. Right now, the Dodgers are a half game back of the Padres. Obviously the Giants are in first, but I, I you know, I, I do think the Giants are going to finish third in the end. Uh, and I think before these, the Dodgers won these last two games, I think the Padres only had a one game lead on the Dodgers. You lose 15 out of 20 and the Padres can only get one game ahead of you. That's a blessing. Uh, that right there is a gift from the San Diego Padres. And I think that's going to come back to haunt those uh, brown and, and disgusting uniformed uh, baseball players. That's a good point. And now the Tati, UPS delivery men. Yeah, Buffalo and, Wild Wings. Tatis, Myers, and Grisham, I want to say they all have COVID. So that hurts them as well. Yeah. But yeah, you, you mentioned the one run losses. I believe they have 10 one run losses most in major league baseball, they only have 17 losses. So that just tells me that the Dodgers keeping it close most of the time, even if they can't win. And we know things are going to turn around very, very soon. Stay tuned for next week. Make sure to subscribe because we got some, we got some exciting stuff coming up. Obviously. Thank you again, Blake Trinan for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> Great dude. Can't wait to break down these giants and Astros series coming up. Those are going to be some very intense games. Hopefully Joe Kelly gets in there as well. You know, I don't know what else he's good for other than that meme, but good stuff. <laughs> I hope you all have a great week. Subscribe.
download the episodes, give us a follow on our social media. You can find us on Twitter at the incline pod or Facebook, Instagram, the incline Dodgers. We're all over the place. And our handles are in the description below too. But thanks again, everyone. Peace out. We're proud to be partnering with InTheClutch.com. InTheClutch Apparel is bringing you guys some of the most awesome sportswear in the game. Whether it's the Dodgers, Lakers, you can go to the San Francisco area, all around the country. They have all kinds of awesome t-shirts featuring your teams and favorite players. I'm talking Dodgers-wise. They got Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Justin Turner, Joe Kelly. The list just goes goes on and on. So use the promo code Incline Dodgers, all caps. That's Incline Dodgers, all caps. And you can save 20% off your purchase. Over here at the Incline, we're proud to be teaming up with Dodgers Tailgate. You can follow them on Twitter at Dodgers Tailgate. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Dodgers Tailgate. Your one stop spot for Dodgers news, rumors, hot takes, interviews, highlights, and more. We are a site by fans for the fans. So, Give them a follow. They have all kinds of awesome content, interviews, articles, podcasts like this, videos, you name it. Dodgers Tailgate doing big and exciting things for all the Dodger fans out there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.